0: Hi, my name's John Casher, and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cash Talk. Today, I'm joined by Executive Leadership Coach, Chartered Organizational Psychologist, and member of the Forbes Coaching Council, Simi Rayet. Simi is the founder and Executive Leadership Coach and Psychologist at Wellbeing Face. Wellbeing Face is a boutique psychology coaching and consulting practice that partners with corporate leaders to elevate leadership brilliance through driving performance and engagement. Simi, thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, now, Simi, it's actually obviously a massive passion about of, of mine when it comes to like leadership and mindset, so I'm really eager to kind of get into this, and I, I personally appreciate how much of an impact this has, both on me personally and my business, so I'm really like loving to get into this, but... Um, uh, <sighs> Talking about leadership and mindset, which is obviously going to be a lot about what we're talking today, before we get into that, look, how did you get into the world of leadership coaching and psychology and, and essentially like why are you so passionate for, Like, or share the passion that I've got really?
1: Yeah. Well, John, like without giving my age away, um, it goes back <laughs> to me being 16 years old. I left yeah. school um, with some pretty good results, but I left school and decided to join the workplace. So I wanted to get experience. So I joined a bank and started as a customer service assistant. Now it wasn't any old bank, it was quite a high tech bank in those days where they had no cash on the, um, the ground floor, essentially it was an air tube branch. So any customer that comes in, cash would go into the tube, you would process it and it would go up to the cash office. So in that year, I had great experience of working on the shop floor, um, serving customers of all different age groups and different demographics, and then also working in the cash office upstairs, counting thousands and thousands of pounds, day in, day out, and really becoming um, more aware of the the understandings of how a business in a branch works. So I did that for a year. Really loved it, had a fantastic manager and mentor um, and I was really interested in personal development. So at 16, I was reading books like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, um, great book, um, you know, would really recommend that one. And I had this, you know, started to really develop this interest and curiosity of well, what is all this self-development? And if we can elevate our own uh, development, then surely we can help others to elevate theirs. And, you know, this was something that I just continued with. And then I, you know, thought, well, okay, got that one-year experience. I do want to get back into education if I want to take this to, um, if I want to pursue this two-year. So then I followed my passion in understanding and getting to know people so did my course in psychology and combined that with business management and then I found out that you can do a degree in psychology and management and combine the two
0: it's very interesting how much like psychology and business management go together and it's it's one of those ones that um a lot of people when they traditionally do it don't consider it they don't think that that they're combined but It's like anything, when you talk about, you know, sport or, or, you know, trying to win at something or be successful at something, um, there's a lot got to do with what's above the shoulders. And that is why they're very much linked.
1: Brilliant. And, you know, that's exactly what drew me to my course. And to realise as well that there's a pathway to go into organisational psychology that combines that commercial now with um, the psychology of people really attracted me. So that's what I did, John. And then I also, as part of my uh, studies, wanted to, again, just set myself a little bit apart from uh, my cohort. I then organized some internships to go and work in Canada with a management consulting leadership firm. Again, saw in practice them doing amazing work and really making a difference with phenomenal leaders. And from then onwards, it just Uh, consolidated for me that this is the route that I want to go. So it's been quite, you know, it's been quite directed and specific from an earlier um, stage in my career. And then I've just followed um, that trajectory. And it's been exciting. It's been fun. I've worked with some amazing leaders and uh, very passionate about what I do. I think the key thing for me is that it's really not about role or title. We all have an opportunity to <clears throat> step up and lead. And I think once we realise that, that we all have an opportunity to have an impact, it really changes your mindset in terms of how you show up, what you contribute, and how you also invest in yourself to develop yourself.
0: Well, it's actually interesting. I haven't asked you this question before, and I'd love to have your take on this, but some people say that there's natural-born leaders, and then there's people that maybe want to be a leader, um, but they believe that they're not naturally born to be a leader so they can't be a leader. What's your take on that?
1: Look, this is a debate that's uh, been ongoing for a long time. From my perspective, leadership skills absolutely can be developed. Um, You know, there's no such thing as a natural-born leader. I think there are some people that naturally... um, work better in terms of building relationships winning hearts and minds like they have a natural preference and inclination inclination to connect with people and that's a key component of leadership and I think that that's where you know there can be that slight difference but it doesn't mean to say that those skills cannot be developed
0: mm-hmm. even
1: for those that are you know more kind of task focused, or perhaps a little bit more introverted, don't get that energy from being around others. the strategies, tools, ways that you can develop in those areas to absolutely elevate your leadership impact.
0: Yeah, it's always been one that I've thought about because people have always referred to me as like a natural born leader. Um yeah. when, I in, when I was in kindergarten, um, so obviously what, you know, maybe I don't know, four years old or something like that. My mother tells me a story that she she'd rock up to the kindergarten and I'd be I'd be reading the book to the class, you know, sitting everyone down, saying, "Everyone, come on, let's sit down." And you, you know, and I'd be the one saying, "Hey, let's go play this, and let's go do this." And, you know, obviously along my lifetime, you kind of get that thing is like you're a natural-born leader. But you know, I believe, yes, I had maybe a good grounding from you know skills that I was taught even at that young age. Um, yeah. And they've just they've just enhanced. And and you know, I'd love to some you know flesh some of those out, which will which we'll discuss. But leading on from that. What do you think of the attributes that make successful leaders today? So, like, there's obviously a lot of different, like, attributes, but if you kind of had to speak about some of the ones that you think are are most important, what would they be?
1: Yeah, look, I've kind of grouped them into four main areas. Um, One is around the strategic thinking and agility. So, as a leader, you need to be able to get your head out of the detail look Um, wide and far and be able to create a vision. You need to be able to connect the dots and see um, where the trends are, where the patterns lie, where the opportunity and risk is. So that strategic agility is really a big piece. I think also uh, another area then is around influencing. You need to be able to influence, persuade, negotiate and communicate with those around you. And a big part of that is not just about um, getting people uh, bought into the vision, but really bought into the bigger purpose. What is the why behind what it is that you're doing? And then how do you connect people to that why? Then the third area would be around um, building relationships and really about how you connect with others, understand them, and Bring out the best in them.
0: I was going to say one of, the, one of the interesting things about both of those points is that, you know, I've been reading a lot into this and you could have as a leader a super clear vision. But if yes. you're not getting the people to kind of buy into the values and the reason why that, that vision needs to be done and what's the greater purpose, the vision will just sit there, sit there on the whiteboard and not actually be right. done. And, you know, this when these leadership skills, I want to say that, you know, obviously me and Simi have a big focus on business, what we're talking about today. But this is also in regards to anything. We're talking about team sports being the same scenario where they're trying to win at something. This could be essentially the, the vision for your family and the way that you want your culture and your family to be. Leadership yeah. is goes throughout life in, in all of these different attributes. But yeah, so, so the, the three are very important. Sorry to interrupt you. And the last one,
1: and the last one, well, you actually raised a really good point, John, and I really like that you said that leadership absolutely is personal and professional it's throughout our lives. And I think the sooner that we understand that, we grasp it, we don't then pigeonhole ourselves to certain roles and certain ways of thinking. But the last area is really about execution. So you can be this great leader that has this vision and strategy and get people on board, And influence people, but then you also have got to have this capacity and capability to execute. And say, for example, as a solopreneur, that execution is predominantly going to be down to you. If you're leading a team, you're then going to be executing and delivering through others. And that execution piece is so key. So I think those are the four kind of main areas, the specific skills and traits that sit under each of those four areas. But I like to kind of describe it in that way because it gives you very much an all rounded view of Mm. um, the key areas.
0: And it's a really good one for like wanting to improve on on your leadership skills. It's a very good way to kind of have a framework to work towards. And um, for people that obviously know me as mainly as a financial advisor, um, I do have a very, very big passion in regards to business. And I actually refer to myself probably as a better business leader um, than I do as a financial advisor. Um, There's some great financial advisors. And. I know a little bit about money, uh, but this yeah. is a, this is this is my obsession um, around this because I know the impact that you can make when you get this right. Um, and I was very fortunate. It was 2017 or 18. Um, I got invited to go to Stanford University in California, and went over there and I studied about strategic leadership and essentially strategic thinking and yeah. how important it is is immense to say the least. And and we can I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Um, Steve Jobs. Great leader, great visionary. Okay. If you kind of think yeah. about his people, mastery skills, the ability to feed him to lead to a business that now Apple is got the biggest market cap or the biggest organization in the world. Okay. But people sometimes forget that he actually wasn't good at one thing. Yeah. Okay. And he wasn't good at as I call getting it shit done, <laughs> but the reality is, it's actually the execution, okay? And it's like, whoa, what are we people are talking about here? Yeah. But he had a close friend and an ally of Steve Wozniak, okay? Yeah. And this is, the, this, is the, this is the theory around the visionary and the integrator. And, wow. but Steve Jobs had the understanding where his weakness was, and this is where the leadership skills come in. It's that, It's to also surround yourself with those right people to build those strength in numbers or those strength in people. Um, And Wozniak was able to do that. And so he, you know, visioned this iPhone being created and Apple being what it was, but he linked up with Wozniak to bring that to life. And that's where that then leadership partnership took it to the next level.
1: And it is a, it's an incredible uh, story and journey, John. And if you look at the first part of how kind of Steve Jobs managed his team and the organisation, the second time he came round, it was very, very different. And he realised that the way that he needs to win over the hearts and minds of his team had to change. It was incredibly, you know, a real transformation. But what's really interesting What's really interesting is that um, as a leader, you don't necessarily need to be a master in all of those four areas. And quite often leaders trip themselves up because they feel they've got to be this all-rounded leader. And if you're an all-rounded leader, in essence, what happens is, there's a really great quote by Daniela Daniela Laporte, and she says that uh, if you become this all-rounded leader, You lose your, you round out your edges and you lose your edge. And to me, that really speaks volumes, doesn't it? Because essentially, it's just what you said. As a leader, you really need to be aware of what your key strengths are, where the gaps are, and then bringing in the right skills and the right expertise to help lift. And that combination of being strategic and visionary and executing, a great example of that.
0: And I think, and you will probably get onto this around like what I'm observing, and and please, you know, you're the specialist in this, but I'm finding that the modern leader or the really successful modern leader has finally unlocked the true recipe to success, which is culture and people. And I think that the biggest modern leaders, and you look at Apple as kind of this, you know, this this, you know, it's the it's the pinnacle of of culture and people and innovation. And it's the, you know, if you look at Google, kind of the same scenario. And I then look in my business. And for me to lead my team, which is, you know, approaching 20 staff now, um, it's around I love the business, I love it. Okay. And then how can I build a culture where my team loves the business? And if yeah. we've got the the visionary loving the business, we've got the the staff or the team members loving the business that's going to create a rolling effect onto the client who's now going to love the business. And isn't it a beautiful thing where you've yeah. got an organization that is loved by everyone internally and then having everyone externally. And that passion to them become better is integrated between internal and external pressures or internal uh, stakeholders um, to take it to that next level. So, um, that people mastery and that cultured mastery is now I think really an important factor that I'm seeing um, at the moment.
1: You're right, John, absolutely. And you know it's contagious. What you just described is absolutely contagious, and everybody wants to be part of it. everybody wants to be bought into it. everybody wants to be contributing and and you know adding value and experiencing that. So the ripple effect only gets bigger and bigger and the impact of the work that you guys are doing and um, the the reach is just, it's never ending. And that's what's so, so exciting, really exciting. And when you talk about, you know, culture and people, you know, in, in this, in today's world, Absolutely. It's so key for people. If you want people to go above and beyond what they're doing, if you really want people to be invested and committed into your vision, they need to know that, one, you're invested and committed to them. It's got to be two-way. They really want to feel that John, as my leader, really understands and has taken the time to know my strengths know my stretch areas, know the opportunities that I want to really reach for and it's going to be there providing me with that support and opportunity.
0: And I think a sense of leadership as well too when we're talking about this is this this sense of like wanting to also innovate and be better. And one of the things that I find in myself and in many leaders that I speak to is awareness of themselves in regards to their own let's call it mindset ceilings okay and you know self-limiting beliefs or whatever it may be and once you can kind of smash the glass of that you know glass ceiling and then go the whole team and everything comes behind so what do you like when you talk around obviously leadership mindset has a role to play here yeah um so explain to me how much of an impact the mindset has on an effective leader
1: Oh John, I could talk about this all day long. <laughs> Look, I think too, you know, in a nutshell, absolutely, it's like the it's like the golden nugget that holds everything together. Your mindset is this, you know, this golden nugget that essentially is your blueprint for how whatever happens in your external world and internal world is mirrored by what's going on in your mindset. So it's instrumental.
0: It's actually interesting because when we talk around wealth creation, when we're obviously working with clients with their money, one of the big things that we start with is their money mindset and their, you know, where their values have come from has taught them about their mindset and their, 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 the way that they interact with money has all, all got to do with the way they think about it. But it comes from places. And what we do over time when we're working with them is to try and unshackle that mindset that they've been kind of held back from and then teach them new techniques and you know many people have heard the mind is a muscle you can train it like literally like your arms or you know your biceps at the gym it's the same with you with that but then take money as one aspect of the mindset when you think about like your your business or your life that mindset, there's just so many kinds of self-limiting beliefs that have been just ingrained from you, from what you've picked up. Like, you know, my grandparents came from a country that was bombed by the Nazis for four years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. They literally were worried about, you know, food on the table. They came to Australia with absolutely nothing. So the amount of trauma that that caused them, yeah, and the amount of kind of like, you know, cocooning, let's call it, was crazy. And that like went through, you know, my parents, you know, and then to me, that's like generational changes. And so when it comes to then breaking those, it's very, very difficult, okay? It's not easy, okay? But first thing first, and you 100% agree with me, is to start learning what your mindset actually is, yeah? And then from there, trying to then build up on it for leaders or for people wanting to succeed, period, Yeah, they need to be working on mindset.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's not something that you just work on and then it's done. It's evolving continuously as we evolve, as we develop and learn more about ourselves, push ourselves to the next level. Each level is, you know, an awakening of another level of mastery. And if you want to conquer that mastery, it's going to require another level of elevated mindset, another new blueprint, another kind of rewriting the script, the internal narrative that we have. And you're right, look, it it, it is hard work, but it's not impossible. And what's really good is by having really focused strategies. So a lot of my work is obviously underpinned by psychological evidence and insights, combining that with our commercial nows, We can really put together proven strategies that really elevate you at the different stages in your success journey to make sure you've got this right mindset, this mindset that's going to absolutely be your asset, because that's what it is. If it's working for you and it's allowing you to and enabling you to get to where you want to get to, it's your asset.
0: It's one of those interesting ones. Like I, I I, joke around at the gym with a couple of my mates and I say, you know, there's so many people that are at the gym and they work their upper body. Okay. And they're yeah. constantly doing chest and biceps and all of that stuff. And no one works their legs. And I said, my, I work legs nearly every day I go because I say it's half of my body. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, is that the mind though, I'm yeah. constantly spending time on that, you know, constantly yeah. spending time on that. And the amount of, investment that goes into mindset and taking it to that next level for me is a must and should be done i think when i started recognizing that the mind was a muscle and then just trying to work on my mindset and appreciating that it's not going to just happen over time there's this constant evolution of john yeah and john's becoming better and And then it's infectious, yeah, because it's then around. And if you're leading teams or you're leading people or sports teams or whatever it's going to be, that is infectious. And that constant, you know, improvement of that mindset um, also gives confidence to the people that are around you as well too. And I think it's something that should be, in a way, taught as early as as early as I can, because you know, for me, it was it was later in my life, and obviously, I think I'm, I'm still young. Hopefully, I am. But you know, I wish I I learned it ten years earlier than I did, yeah. um, because the amount of kind of steamrolling that would have done would have been amazing. Um, so, you've been very, very fortunate that you've worked with a lot of leaders and. You know, we haven't really dived into who and, and, and what. And, and, and Simi is, is well regarded in this field. Um, she's, you know, worked in the UK, worked in Australia as well too. But can you name someone who's had an impact on you as a leader? Like who's given you the biggest impact, you reckon?
1: Look, there have been many leaders that I can, that come to mind that absolutely have had an impact but over, you know, over the last week, I have to say, you know, in terms of what's going on in Europe, um, the leadership, the sheer courage, bravery shown by Ukraine's Prime Minister, you know, mm-hmm. I have to say I'm incomplete awe. you know, we read about it in, our, in leadership books we teach and educate leaders, um, we're seeing this firsthand. as someone who is literally, you know, not directing, not controlling from the sidelines, but is absolutely in there supporting leading by example and not doing anything that he wouldn't ask his people. To do. And I just think it's exemplary, you know, it's absolutely devastating, what's going on in Ukraine. And it's impacting and affecting so many people. And as we're watching this from afar and feeling so helpless, um, you know, seeing the way that his leadership is unfolding is really, really exemplary. So for me, you know, Being in this area and and studying this area for so long and working with leaders, seeing how this is unfolding and just seeing the the sheer courage, bravery, commitment, resolve and the connection to purpose, this real connection to purpose, is is incredible, John.
0: Yeah. It's extremely sad what's going on there Um, and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate what I'm about to say, but if you look back in history, it's it's sometimes in times of despair or in times like this where the greatest leaders show their skills and their importance.
1: Yeah.
0: The world needs more leaders, okay? Um, and I think that leaders around the world need to be looking at the Ukrainian Prime Minister or, or President. I'm not sure what his t- title is exactly. He's an absolute great leader. Um, regardless um, and look at these examples and why we need to be teaching and educating people to be great leaders um, it's not just for times of war it's to be better yeah it's to be better in whatever we're doing yeah and yeah. Um, i agree with you it is absolutely galvanizing leadership okay it is it is one that everyone is connected to regardless of if you've met the person you are connected, and this is where leadership is absolutely amazing. That yeah. you look back in history and some of the greatest leaders that are, you know, etched their names in the in the history books. It's their ability to band people together. Now you yeah. look at, for example, the likes of Winston Churchill, mm. okay, who's another leader who's etched his, you know, his name in history. Um, yeah. When the Nazis were about to, you know, come over. Come over the uh, the little the little bit of water that was uh, between France and England. He galvanised the people in in the United Kingdom to fight against that for their freedoms, and eventually that was the Western Front that kind of you know pushed the uh, Nazis back, and that was literally from one man kind of galvanising. Now I know that you know there was a lot of people involved, but it was very very important that that happened at that critical time, and and we're seeing it once again,
1: yeah. and
0: if we take this on a very, very lighter note, okay, if you think about like a sporting team and, you know, um, I'm a Liverpool fan in, in, in soccer or football and, you know, there was the, the time when Liverpool was 3-0 down um, against AC Milan in the Champions League final and, yeah. you know, Steve and Gerrard kind of, you know, got everyone together, you know, kind of galvanised the team and, and they ended up winning the Champions League final. And I know I'm trying to take it away from war because I want to people to understand these attributes and these skills are in anything we try to succeed in okay even in regards to your personal life even in regards to your family the way you lead your family and your home and your domestic home will set the foundations for your children to what they are going to inspire to be and what they want to be a part of and what that family culture looks like this is not just about business this is about life in general And those leadership skills are very, very important.
1: Absolutely, John. I think you really hit the nail on the head. And I think at the end of the day, you know, as a leader, um, personal life, professional life, it's recognising it's not necessarily about what we say. It's what we do. Our actions speak volumes. So really um, believing in your people, really believing in your vision, that's, all great but then show it with actions. bring it to life for people so people can experience it because when people experience it they're, they're they're part of it they feel they're part of it and they want to be part of it more
0: do you think simi that the biggest thing that and even for me i find this is that people sometimes want to be leaders but are scared to actually lead they're scared if you kind of put it down to the nuts and bolts and this actually reminds me of when i went to stanford this is what they were teaching it's this scared of failing it's this scared that i have put myself to lead people and that i can fail but yet we look at these successful people and i like to kind of use sport or whatnot and you know michael jordan talks about you know everyone talks about me kind of shooting and scoring on the buzzer beater and kind of winning in the championships But no one ever talks about me, all the missed shots that I did, all of the failures that I've had along along the way. And, you know, I think even with me, I used to beat myself up so much about my failures. And I want to be open in saying as a leader and even, you know, the people that I'm around is that failures are so important for a leader. Like don't think about them as like, oh, my God, I'm going to fail and everyone's going to hate me. They're going to be the people that are going to want to bring you down. Successful people and successful leaders are usually saying to you, fail more, yeah? fail often, fail quickly, fail so that you can learn um, new skills, new attributes to be better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that learning agility is so key, such a key skill for any leader these days to to have and to really foster in their teams and those around them, even in our children, John. It's really about helping them to recognise that you're not going to get it right first time round, and that's fine. Let's recognise what we're doing well, what we could do better, and let's tweak and pivot your approach because each time you're pitting and you're tweaking your approach, you're growing.
0: One sec, Simi, I've just had a technical glitch. I've actually lost hearing. Just one second. second. I'll Give me one sec. I've actually lost my sound. Um, this is very odd, but I've actually just lost sound. Um, Simi, I'm guessing that you can hear me. Um, so for everyone kidding? listening... There you go. Actually, I've got my sound back. So I do apologize for that. For some reason, I've just lost hearing. Um, Simi, on that note with the technical glitch, um, I to everyone, I just want to kind of express first and foremost, the importance of leadership and mindset for everyone. Okay. Um, Simi, for people that maybe want to reach out to you, for the people that maybe want to kind of learn more about how they can kind of you know, really push themselves in regards to their mindset and regards to their leadership skills. How's the best way for people to reach out to someone like yourself? Because I honestly find it's sometimes hard to find someone. So if you can maybe help our listeners and our viewers, how, how do they find you?
1: Yeah, look, I am more than happy to um, to for people to connect with me via LinkedIn or through my website, wellbeingface.com. Uh, I coach one-on-one um, leaders. Um, All the way from kind of emerging leaders through to executive leaders and board members. And my work is very much underpinned by psychological evidence and insights. So it's really digging deep with each of my clients to change that internal narrative and to have a very transformative experience with their mindset and then what they're able to achieve. So the one on one work and I also run programs um, with leaders as well and part of being part of a program can also be really beneficial because you've then got an alumni and a support network of other leaders that are also driven and really eager to go through this transformative process, so please absolutely do get in touch.
0: Yeah, done, and and also in the, some of the links, I'll, I'll I'll put those links in as well too, and and for people that know, I've known Simi for many many years. Um, obviously I don't just try and get anyone on this uh, on this podcast who I don't believe has an impact. Um, but check it out, and obviously today's really about the importance of leadership and that mindset, and hopefully there's been some gems that you can take away um to implement in your life as well too. So Simmy, thank you very much for jumping on, and thanks everyone for listening and uh, or viewing on another episode of Cash Talk.
1: Thanks.
0: Thank you, John. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at at thejohncashar and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.